Well, happy Mother's Day again. For those of you who may not know, you might be visiting. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and I just have the, the great privilege and honor of being a pastor here at Welland BIC Church. I love our church. I love all of you. Just a, a quick note, Charmaine and I are leaving. Well, actually, Michaela is joining us too, our daughter Michaela. The three of us are going to New Brunswick tomorrow morning, and we'll be gone for one week. So, um, But I will be checking in on emails and things like that. So if there's something really important, I, I certainly will be made aware of it and do my best to be able to respond to it. Well, today we are continuing on in our series called Influencers. Last week was our first week of our new series called Influencers. And for today, the one main point that's going to be in your face all morning here is simply this. It is this. It is called be a mega, be a mega encourager. Who likes to be encouraged? (laughs) If you don't like to be encouraged, there's something wrong with you. You need some help. So we should all want to be encouraged, but not only should we want to be encouraged, we should all desire to be encouragers. This is the second week of our Influencer series, and this morning our influencer in the Bible is Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, there's not a whole lot that is said about Elizabeth in the Bible, but there's a little bit that we're going to look at in Luke chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, you want to look up the passages that we're going to look at this morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. Elizabeth is an incredible example of a positive influencer. Remember last week I said that we all influence. We all influence someone or something. Now you may not think that at times, but people are watching Sometimes it's your children, sometimes it's your neighbor, sometimes it's someone at work, whatever it might be, but, and we all have this opportunity to influence. The problem with influences is we can influence in a positive way, or we can influence in a negative way. But this morning we have the beautiful story of this mother, this, this old lady, and forgive me for calling her that, but that's essentially what she is. The scripture calls her that. The scripture says she is old in her age, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth gets the honor and the privilege to be the mother of the famous and wonderful John the Baptist. So Elizabeth is a wonderful example in her Bible of a godly and positive influencer. And so we're going to take a look at this story. Let me ask you this question before we get into the Bible story. Is there someone in your life that you think of immediately that is a wonderful encourager to you? Right away, there's probably someone that comes to mind. If not, then I agree with you in that, and I'm going to talk a bit about how we can make that happen for you, how you can potentially find that person in your life that would encourage you. Now, what's interesting to note is that it might be, uh, you might be thinking right now of a brother or a sister. You might be thinking, yeah, no, my brothers and sisters like never encourage me. All they do is tease me or bother me or whatever it might be. I had the wonderful privilege yesterday. I, uh, this was quite a week for me. I determined that last Sunday I was going to start dieting again, whatever form you want to call dieting. And I was going to start to get back in shape because it was just time. I was getting way too heavy again, all these things. So I like did some 
I think Monday night, I think I did a three-hour workout. I think on Tuesday, I did like another hour and a half. Wednesday, I did three, like it was crazy. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back that up a little bit. I did three hours, basically, of walking on the treadmill while watching the Maple Leafs uh, play hockey. And I don't even like the Leafs, so I'm not sure why I was doing that. It was, like, it was like double punishment, right? I'm on the treadmill and watching the Leafs. I'm like, how much more could I punish myself? But anyway... So, I, ha- I have no idea where I was going with that, but anyways, I did a lot of workout this, this week. Oh, I know what I'm saying. I had the privilege of getting together with my brothers yesterday and my dad, uh, although one brother was sick, so I was with two of my brothers and my dad, and my dad was like, I want to treat you guys to the Chinese buffet. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I've been doing so good. I've been eating salads this week and properly and working out, and now you want to tempt me? with the Chinese buffet. Uh, So I had some self-control at the Chinese buffet, but I am working at it again. But you might be thinking about, who is it in your life that is encouraging you? Perhaps it's a sibling, perhaps it's your mom or your dad, perhaps it's a great friend in your life, perhaps it's your boss. But I thought before even you think too much into that, maybe it's just good to define encouragement. So this is a definition that I found online that I really, really liked. Uh, It didn't have an author. It's just a generic definition of encouragement. And it says this. It says, encouragement is shared with the hopes that it will lift someone's heart toward the Lord. It points out evidences of grace in another's life to help them see that God is using them. It points a person to God's promises that assures them that all they face is under his control. That's a long definition of encouragement, but it's an incredible definition of encouragement. Now, let me point something out here. I just want to make a bit of a difference. Compliments are a part of encouragement, but they are completely different. Let me give you a practical example. I could say to my wife, Charmaine, I could say, Charmaine, you are an incredible singer. And that would be true, and that would be a lovely compliment. But it's not necessarily an actual encouragement. It's encouragement in the sense that it's encouraging her for her to receive that. But here would be the difference. So the compliment part is, Charmaine, you're an amazing singer, you're a great singer, awesome. The part where it goes to being a mega encourager is this. Charmaine, God has gifted you. He has given you a talent and a gift in you that you are able to share with others. May God bless you as you continue to share that gift with other people to encourage them to grow in their walk with Jesus Christ. See the difference? There's a difference between just compliment and encouragement. And we're going to see this in this life of Elizabeth. Elizabeth is a mega encourager. And I'm going to explain why I'm using the mega word in just a little bit. So who is that person in, in your life? Was the person you were just thinking of that I was talking about that came to mind immediately when I said, who's an encourager in your life? Are you now thinking, oh, maybe they're not quite such an encourager. Maybe they're just really good at compliments. Because there's a difference. Now, I'm so 
so blessed. I have told you before that I love this church and I do not lie one single bit when I say that. Is our church perfect? Absolutely not. Am I perfect? Far, far from it. Are you perfect? No, sorry. Um, But we are an awesome church. And I love our church. One of the things I love about our church is that I do get encouraged often, not just complimented, but encouraged. People come alongside me. They pray with me. They say, hey, the Lord's doing something in you in this situation. Continue to press on. Continue to be involved in it, whatever it might be. And that's the difference. So we have a really encouraging church. But just because we're good at something doesn't mean we shouldn't be continually reminded of it. So I want to continually remind all of us that we have a responsibility in being mega encouragers. Verse 42, and I want to read the Bible passage, so we're going to Luke chapter 1. Oops, I'm sorry, give me one second as I open this. Luke chapter 1, and this is the chapter where we have a couple things going on. First of all, in verses 5, uh, you're going to see that the birth of John the Baptist is foretold. So the angel essentially comes to Zechariah, that's the father of John the Baptist, and says, hey, John the Baptist, or says, hey, Zechariah, guess what? You're going to have a son at this old age. And what does Zechariah do? He does what any good man would say, yeah, whatever, uh, I don't believe you. And so because of that, Zechariah is somewhat punished. I want to use that word loosely, but he basically is made mute. He's not allowed to talk until John the Baptist is actually born later on. But the amazing thing is the angel also talks and speaks to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth finds this out, and like a good woman, she believes the angel, and she has stuff to share. So that's kind of the story there, and then it continues on. It goes on to talk about the birth of Jesus that's going to be foretold. And then we get to this amazing part, Luke chapter 1, and follow along with me now as I read it, verse 39. And it's entitled Mary, so this is the Mary, uh, Mary the mother of Jesus. She's going to visit Elizabeth. And this is what it says, starting at verse 9. It says, at that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Just a quick practical note here. This is about a two-day journey for Mary to make, okay? That's the distance that it would have taken her to get there. It says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. John the Baptist leaps inside of Elizabeth's womb when she hears Mary greet Elizabeth. This is just amazing. This is so cool. Then it goes on to say, Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, therefore also filling John the Baptist with the Holy Spirit at the same time. Then it says this in verse 42, in a loud voice. This is an older lady who's become pregnant. But she's going to say it in a loud voice. Now, the awesome part of the word loud here in Greek, our English word, is mega. Mega. Be a mega encourager. Encourage people with a loud voice. 
In other words, make sure they know. Make sure they know. Verse 42, it says, In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord... See, she's foreshadowing or foretelling the coming birth of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Elizabeth understands and knows the story. She knows what's going to happen here. She knows that her son, John the Baptist, is going to be the foreteller and the one to prophesy and the one to basically lead in the new Messiah, Jesus Christ, who would be born to Mary. So in a loud voice, in a mega voice, she exclaims, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill her promises to her. So, in following the example of Scripture here that Elizabeth, this older pregnant lady, gives us, I mean, that's a miracle in itself. We don't know the age of Elizabeth. The Bible doesn't specifically say that, but it does say she is certainly in her older years, and this was a miracle that God allowed her to get pregnant with John the Baptist. So in her example, in following the example, I want to encourage you today, this one point that I just want you to leave with today is this. Be a mega encourager. Be a loud encourager. Let people know that you are encouraging them, that you are cheering them on. Now, as I said earlier, that's really the, <laughs> all we get in the Bible about Elizabeth. We don't get a whole lot. The Bible doesn't tell us a lot. It's a very short passage. But we can see that Elizabeth was a remarkable woman, even from these few short verses. She believed the angel Gabriel when her husband did not. She was an old woman that encouraged Mary. The, the Bible tells us that they were related. Some people think they were cousins. Some people think that Elizabeth was an aunt to Mary. We're unsure. The Bible doesn't specify that, but the Bible does tell us that they are related. But Elizabeth assures Mary that all of the things that have been told to Mary by the angel would happen. See, there's a reason that Scripture reveals this story to us. And let's just kind of imagine and put ourselves in this picture. Here's Mary, this teenage girl, who is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Teenage girl, pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She's probably losing her mind in the sense of, how did this happen? What's going on? What are the townspeople thinking of me? They don't believe me. This is a ridiculous story. What's all going on? And so probably in her head, all of a sudden, she thinks, oh, I think I'll make the two-day journey to go and see my relative Elizabeth. Because she's the one lady in my life that I've always been able to count on. The one lady in my life that I've always been able to refer to as a mega encourager. 
And so she makes this two-day journey and she shows up at Elizabeth and she says, hey, Elizabeth, I'm here. And a baby in Elizabeth leaps for joy because that baby hears the voice of Mary. A lot of studies have been done on what babies can hear inside of the womb, right? That's why we're supposed to play really nice music to them and speak nicely and even read stories before they're even born, things like that. Because statistics and, and studies like that have shown us that it does influence the baby. It's good and positive. It helps nurture it. It helps grow it. And here's Elizabeth that says, the baby inside of me leaped for joy when you came. Now what's interesting is I'm sure Mary is like, um, Elizabeth, I got a few things to tell you. Uh, I'm this young teenage girl and believe it or not, and Elizabeth already knows the story, so she's not telling her anything new. But Mary would have been like, um, I, I'm pregnant. And I don't know what to do. People in my hometown are saying all kinds of mean, nasty things about me. My own husband or my own fiancé to be married to doesn't believe me. Like, there's, there's just all the stress in my life. I don't know what to do. And I can only imagine, we don't get this from the Bible story, but I can only imagine it just makes sense to go along with the biblical story that Elizabeth would be like, Mary, it's okay. You're favored. You've been chosen. Now, what's interesting is Elizabeth doesn't get jealous about this. It would have been really easy for Elizabeth to say, who are you, Mary? Why didn't Jesus do this for me? Why didn't the Holy Spirit allow me to be pregnant with Jesus just instead of John the Baptist? She could have easily turned the tide that way and been jealous and been frustrated or whatever, but no. Because Elizabeth understood what it meant to be a great, a mega, a loud encourager. See, when we understand what encouragement really looks like, Things like jealousy and pride and selfishness and all these things, they, they go to the wayside. They don't come into the picture. It's not about getting what I want versus what someone else wants, whatever. It's about strictly being a great, mega, loud encourager. You're doing it to bless someone. And Elizabeth fully understood her role in that situation. It's an incredible scene to me. But what about this? What about the influence, because it is Mother's Day, what about the influence that Elizabeth would have had on her son? So she's been told that your son will be great. He will be the one who will enter in Jesus, essentially, as the Messiah. <laughs> if I'm a mom, and thank goodness I'm not, that'd be weird, um, just seeing how I'm awake here again, comedy time. Not very many laughs. If I'm Mary or if I'm Elizabeth, either one of these ladies, I'm thinking, I don't know if I want this responsibility. But there must have been great encouragement. Again, the Bible doesn't tell us, so go with me on a bit of a journey here and just kind of imagine. You know what's amazing about both Jesus? We do see Jesus at 12 years old in Scripture. But basically, we see him as an infant, we see him as a boy at 12, and then we see him as a man. We don't get the details in between. But somewhere between birth and adulthood, John the Baptist grows up. 
And Elizabeth is an influencer to him. She's his mom. Now, later on in Scripture, in Matthew chapter 3, we see that John the Baptist, he becomes kind of a unique guy. If you remember the story, it says that he, he makes his own clothes and they're made of camel's hair. Like he's, he, John the Baptist is unique. He's an interesting fellow. It goes on to say he eats wild honey and locusts. Now I'm thinking, Elizabeth must be thinking at this point, um, John, I didn't really grow you up to go and be all weird like that. But what she did grow him up to be in exactly what he did was be the prophet that would become before Jesus, that would foretell of Jesus coming as the Messiah. And she also grew up John the Baptist with the same trait because John the Baptist also would have had the right to have been very jealous of Jesus. Very envious, very so much not encouraging. But see, what's amazing is when you read the scripture, we see the exact same thing in John the Baptist. He himself becomes a mega encourager of who Jesus is going to be and what Jesus is going to do for the people. So she passes down her legacy. Somehow we don't see it happen. We don't see it unpack in scripture, but we know it from the evidence of John the Baptist's life that Elizabeth had a wonderful influence on him. She was a positive influencer, and she was a positive influencer because she was a mega encourager. Just a beautiful, wonderful story. We often forget the years in between. I can only imagine both Jesus and John the Baptist and all the things they grew up with and all the things they would have done as little boys, all the running around they would have done, the knee scrapes and all that stuff included as, mo as both Elizabeth and Mary raised these young men to be so influential and be the world changers that they were. I can only imagine what a mega encourager Elizabeth was as the mother to her son, John. Now, it is Mother's Day, and I'd be wrong not to talk about my own mom, at least just a little bit, probably because she's watching. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Story time. So there was a time when I was in chicken farming, and in chicken farming, we had two chicken barns on our farm. We had one big, really long barn that housed about... Uh, if I have to guess, somewhere around in around the 10, 11,000 chicken range. Then we had a smaller barn that we kind of fixed up. It was an old cow barn, actually, and we transformed the downstairs of the cow barn, part of it, into another chicken barn. And in that chicken barn, we had approximately 5,000 chickens. And these were laying hens. I, my big job of the day was to, to gather eggs. That's what I did a lot growing up as a kid and so forth. So on the one farm we had, it was a hot evening and we had a, a lightning storm that evening. And the power flickered on and off. So me being a young guy, I was living on the farm, I was running the farm, my parents were living in Guelph at the time. I thought, well, hey, the, the power went off and on, no big deal, whatever. Well, it was a big deal. I woke up the next morning and I went into the small barn and all of the fans had tripped off on the breaker when the power came on. Well, I walked into a barn of 3,500 dead chickens. Only 1,500 approximately left alive in this barn. It was eerie. 
It was weird. I've never been a part of something so bizarre. And in my heart, my heart sank right away. It's like, oh my goodness, my dad's never had this happen. He's never lost chickens, blah, blah. So what do I do? I call mom and dad. Mom, dad, <laughs> got a problem here at the farm. We just lost a whole pile of chickens. So mom and dad make the drive down from Guelph. I remember my dad being typical Dutch great dad. Well, this never happened to me in the 20 years that I ran the farm. What's going on with you? You ding dong, blah, 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 blah. Some stuff like that, right? Dad, if you're watching, love you. Hope I didn't just embarrass you. <laughs> but my mom, does the typical good mom thing. Big hug. Honey, it's going to be okay. It's an accident. Stuff happens, blah, blah, blah. All those great things. Such, such an encouragement that day in my life. And my mom was just always like that. Just always encouraging. I think it's just one of those traits of moms that goes beyond, unfortunately, the trait of us dads. Now, I'm generalizing here, so those of you dads who are like, I'm a great encourager, what are you talking about? Um, that's awesome. Continue to be a great encouraging dad. There are dads that are awesome at this. But in general, and especially from a, from a generational perspective, the older dads just weren't often great at these types of things. But moms always seem to get what it means to be a great or a loud or a mega encourager. Now, I will say that when I decided to go to Bible college, my dad was one of my biggest fans. He was absolutely one of my biggest encouragers. So, Dad, I'll, I'll put that out there for you so you don't have to stress. People think you're awesome now, which you are. I love you. And uh, so both my parents have been great. But in that moment in history, when we had that tragedy, so to speak, on the farm, um, my mom was just amazing in that moment. And so you might be thinking again, like, well, who is it in your life that is a mega encourager for you? I want to invite the worship team up, and we're going to sing one last song together. If you're thinking right now, man, there's no one in my life that really, and you might be feeling a bit down the dumps because of that, you might be feeling a bit lonely, whatever. Here's the great thing about compliments versus encouragement. Is inviting someone to compliment you is arrogant. But inviting someone to encourage you is wise and healthy and good. So if you don't have someone in your life like a mom or a dad or a, a friend, whatever it is, if you're sitting there right now going, man, I just don't have that person in my life, here's what you do. It takes a little bit of effort on your part, but he, this is it. This is going to blow your mind. Ask someone. Just go to them and say simply, you know what, there's a lot of things in my life that are hard, that are difficult, that I deal with. There's temptations, there's this, there's that. I don't really have anyone in my life that's walking alongside me. Would you be an encourager for me? And that's how you do it.
Now, here's the other side of the coin and challenge faith at home challenge for you. So if you don't have an encourager, find one, ask someone. If you're not encouraging someone, guess what? Here's what I want you to do. Start! Exclamation mark. Start. If you're not encouraging someone or if you're a negative Nelly or if you're a bitter Bob or whatever you are, stop. Take a look at the life of Elizabeth, an amazing influencer in her scripture, and be, and be a mega encourager. I'm so blessed because one of the things that encouraging is, is encouraging could be a synonym to a certain degree of the word blessing. And we're going to actually sing a song. I think the song is called Blessing or Blessings. I'm not quite sure what the title is. But this song is going to be a blessing to you as the worship team sings it in closing our service today. God bless you.